You're listening to Do You Hear That? A podcast about birds, hosted by Noah Kalina and Paul Amara. We're bird enthusiasts, not bird experts. So I got this weird email uh, last week from this kid, and he said he was going to Harvard, but he was 17, and he like was working on some film. Wait, 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 he wait, was like, pa, pa, pa. Do you hear that? Wait, I think I, kn- I know this bird. Yeah, everyone knows this bird. Yeah. This is one of the most common birds in the United States of America. This is the American robin. Yes. I think most people just call it a robin. Yeah. But the scientific name is actually Turtis migratorius. That is an unfortunate name. Turtis. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know where they, how they do it. Maybe that's Latin or something. Mm-hmm. Turtis, I guess, is uh, how you say robin i guess now we know but this is an amazing bird this is like the bird that i think of when i think of birds i'd say right which makes a whole lot of sense because this bird is literally everywhere yeah to be perfectly honest i don't know why i wouldn't be honest this it's not like i'm telling a secret if i look out my window right now i would probably see a robin they're everywhere it's the most common bird on my property at this moment wow In fact, it's so common that there is literally a robin's nest right behind me in the windowsill, right above it outside of my studio. And there are little baby robins in that nest currently because they have already hatched. Wow. And they did the same exact thing last year, just on the opposite side. Wow. So the old nest is still there. I should probably take that nest down. I'll probably take this nest down too when they when they leave. But I was kind of interested, like fascinated that it didn't reuse the nest. There's already a pre-built nest, but they built a whole new nest. Wow, they're starting fresh. Yeah. Which by the way, Paul, have you ever seen robin eggs? Yeah, they're blue, right? Yeah. Yeah. They're amazingly gorgeous yeah. baby blue. It's so interesting because I saw one of these. It must have been, they always lay three eggs. But in this nest right now, there's only two. Oh. And the other day I saw, this was a week or so ago, I found an egg just on the lawn. Oh. A blue robin egg. And somehow, I don't know how it got out of the nest. Whoa. But uh, I'll put a photo of that in the Patreon. Was the one that you found cracked or was it, it was just on its own? It was totally intact. Tiny little blue egg unfortunately fell out of the nest wow. so only two new robins have hatched here wow so is that a thing the, the robins always have three i think so i mean every time i've seen photos of people who find a robin's nest and take a picture inside there's always three eggs there's always three every time i've taken a photo inside a robin's nest there were three eggs so yeah they must that's like the clutch size so is every robin a triplet then no because a triplet that would be three that came out of the same singular egg oh wait does that ever happen in bird world i've seen in my chicken eggs a double yolk oh but i don't think double yolks actually ever hatch in chicken eggs Mm. i could be wrong about this but i think it's something about the amount of energy that it would require i don't think i think they become like uh, you know, they just never hatch their... But what about like a two-headed chicken? I know, it's scary to think about. I'm sure, you know, anything can happen in nature, right? Mm. One thing, before we get into the robin, I just quickly want to address that we are talking about the American robin, which is not to be confused with the European robin. Mm. This is an international show, and we have two very different 
robins. When we say robin, we are referring to the American robin. When people across the pond say robin, they're referring to the European robin, which looks totally different. It has similar characteristics. It has an orange chest, yeah, but they're just different. I don't know. Yeah, I just looked up the European robin and it is a cute little bird. It's cute. Yeah. It might be cuter than the American robin, but I will say their eggs are not blue. Oh. They're just sort of brownish, speckled. So they do lay a similar kind of nest. It looks like they might lay up to five eggs at a time. Wow. But we are not talking about the European robin right now. We are talking about the American robin. Paul, can you explain what the American robin looks like? This bird is beautiful. It has this amazing orange, amber, almost dark honey colored Mm. chest. Yes. And its head is black with white specks all over it. And it has these big black, fully black eyes and a small yellow beak. Yeah. And then these gray, it's gray, but it's almost got like green in it, weirdly. Like gray or tan feathers on the back that have these white details that sort of outline each feather. Totally. And then right on the sort of bottom part of it, underneath all of its feathers, it's got some white. Yeah. Snow white. For sure. Some robins I've I photograph because I do photograph them a lot. And it seems to be the adult male. Their eyes are sort of surrounded in white. It's very cool. It seems like to be an adult trait of the robin. Interesting. They sort of get a circular white around their eyes and their head is black. Yeah. It's really striking when you see them. They're cooler looking than I think people think. This is a bird very similar to the pigeon where you almost disregard it because it's so common. Mm-hmm. Just like, uh, it's a bird, yeah, right? It's just, it's a cliche, yeah, common bird. But when you're able to zoom in and really get a look at it, especially in the eyes, right, they're really quite gorgeous. Yeah, the more I look at this photo of this bird, the more it's starting to not look like how I remember robins to look. Yeah, they're better. They're better than everyone's perception of a robin is. Yeah, and like the three color, I guess there's really four colors working together here. The, the yellow on the beak, the black yeah. and white on the head, and then this sort of orange chest. That, chest and belly. Yeah it's, yeah, it's a really nice color. And then they have actually pretty big looking feet for the size of the bird. Like Totally. I mean, it's still a small bird, but the feet are really grasping onto the stick in this photo. It's interesting. A robin is considered a thrush. Yeah, I saw that. Much like the viri, right? Yeah. So thrushes have really interesting calls. And the robin has a very distinctive chirp and song. And when you hear it, and we're hearing it right now, mm-hmm. you've heard that. It's just, it's a bird sound and you hear it all the time. Yeah. But They have lots of songs and then a bunch of different calls. Mm. I'm looking at All About Birds right now. I'm seeing them. They have six or seven, maybe eight calls listed here. Mm -hmm. And there's been times I've been outside and I'm I'm hearing a sound and I'm just like, what what is that bird? I'm not sure I've heard that bird before. Mm -hmm. And I pull out my Merlin bird ID, sound ID, and it just tells me it's a robin. Mm. And I'm like, wow, there's so many sounds that come out of this thing um, that it sort of surprises me. Meanwhile, the robin, it's kind of known to be a bird that indicates the beginning of spring. 
It's a bird that everyone learns about that is the first sign of spring after winter because this is a migratory bird and it flies south during the winter. It shows up right when winter's over. And once you see that robin for the first time, you know that it's looking up. Spring is right around the corner. Now, when I grew up, one of my favorite books was a book called, and I mean favorite book, it was a book, it was a children's book that my parents read to me. Because I'm talking about probably I was read this book between the ages of two and five, maybe. Mm -hmm. But it stuck with me forever. And it's called The First Robin by Robert Krauss. And we knew we were going to be talking about this bird. So I went on eBay and I found a copy of this book and I purchased it because I wanted to remember what the story was all about. And basically, I don't know if it is good. Because it's a children's book, and I don't yeah. know what the standard is for that. I, I mean, it's very basic, actually. It's kind of stupid, if you ask me. I don't know. Like, what do you mean? Are children's books always stupid? Yeah, I mean. I don't know. But I will say the cover of this book is a European robin. Oh. And I had no idea my whole child. I just thought we were talking about the robin that we see outside in America. Mm-hmm. Not the Euro Robin. So it kind of shattered my entire existence. (laughs) But what another story, just quick story on this book, because it's something that I think about almost every day. This was probably 10, 15 years ago when I still had a copy of this book. I don't know where it went and that's why I just bought a new one. But I had this book in my studio when I lived in the city and I had a friend come over and I was like, oh, check out this book. This was my favorite book when I was a child. And my friend read it and he was like, that was bad. That's not a good book. And and it made me feel really bad that my favorite book as a kid, he thought was stupid mm-hmm. and not good. I just can't get over this because I'm not really sure what a good children's book was supposed to be. Like, What was he read? Yeah. What genius... What was it, Dr. Seuss or so, the cat in the hat? Was that a good one? His parents probably read him like the dictionary or something. Yeah, I mean, maybe. I mean, it seemed like it's such a shitty thing to say. Imagine you telling me about your favorite childhood book and then I read it as an adult reading a children's book and being like, that was not a good story. What? Yeah, that's pretty messed up. All right, so back to the robin, the American robin. It feeds on insects. It nests in trees and it forages for those insects on the ground. And I actually see this a lot. I see the robins on the ground and with worms in their mouth. Wow. They are finding worms on the ground and picking them out and eating them. Isn't that cool? That is cool. They, I feel like, are the bird that's described when someone's saying the early bird gets the worm. Yes. That's the robin. They are getting the early bird. And also, if they are the first bird bird to sort of come back in the spring maybe they truly are like the trendsetters like they are the early bird it's amazing this map like it shows that they breed in canada right they hang out year-round in the u.s i mean they're breeding here so i don't know you know they could probably push that map down a little bit it is astounding that literally like every state has the robin oh totally yeah except in the winter they go to florida they are the true snowbird snowbird yeah That's pretty cool. So I'm reading a cool fact here and we were right. 
Robbins produced three broods in one year. Mm. So that's why we see those three eggs. But only 40% of nests successfully produce young. Oh, wow. Only 25% of those fledged young survive to November. Wow. Despite that fact, a lucky robin can live to be 14 years old. Whoa. The entire population turns over on average every six years. 14 years, that's a long time to be a bird. I'd say. Yeah, they get bar mitzvahed and then they die. <laughs> yeah. Dang. What else do we have to say about the robin, Paul? The one thing about the robin that I'm especially excited by is that it is the Michigan State bird. And that's where I grew up. Ah, yes. I feel patriotic for Michigan talking about this bird. So Yeah, it's so interesting that Michigan chose such a common bird. Yeah, I think that kind of sums up Michigan for you. It's just a pretty common place to live. What part of Michigan? I grew up in the suburbs of Detroit in a town called Birmingham, Michigan. Oh. Yeah. It's a sweet little town. Which is an old factory town. People made cars. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, it was all like suburbs, but it was like a 45-minute drive into Detroit. So it was sort of like a lot of people worked in Detroit. My grandpa like worked at General Motors. and That's why you like cars. No, it, literally, I grew up like thinking everyone was into cars. And then I moved to California and everyone's like, why are you so into cars? I'm like, what do you mean? Like, That's kind of fascinating because California would seem to me to be a huge car culture you literally need it to do anything it's more of what you need it yeah another big thing is in michigan all the car people are big american car people right and they're like you rarely see priuses like right. toyotas are there but they're not as popular as they are here here it's like all yeah any car priuses any japanese cars and yeah anything german yeah. cars yeah but in Michigan, right. it's astounding, like the number right. of like Chevrolet, Ford. Paul, of the American car manufacturers, what's your favorite? See, that, this is a tough question I because know. growing up, my grandpa worked for GM, so Chevrolet. Right. And then my other grandpa worked for Chrysler. And through my whole childhood, I thought those were the best cars because my grandpas were like patriotic and like right. pushing the propaganda on me. Yeah. And then I kind of got older and realized like, they're cool brands but like maybe their cars aren't as reliable like jeep like my grandpa worked for a jeep and like i thought those were sick but apparently jeeps jeeps are cool they're cool but, I like but they kind of suck like they're not like the best uh reliability wise but they're cool you know something people say that i think nowadays every car no matter what brand is the same no i think you're right and and i think that's just like being hypercritical yeah there might have been a time period where they were unreliable. Yeah. But I think that's long past. Yeah. And now all cars, regardless of the manufacturer, is just boring and reliable. Yeah. But as far as my favorite, like, I don't know. Like, my grandpa was really into Corvairs. Oh, wow. Chevy's sort of attempt to compete with a Mustang, but it also became the most dangerous car you could buy at the time. But my grandpa loved them. He had, like, one of the last ones ever made. Wow. Does he still have it? Yeah, well, he passed away, but that car is still like in our family. Good, yeah. Which is cool. Real car family. Yeah, no, I, I don't know if I can say my favorite, honestly. Okay, well, think about it. We'll bring it up again in the future. <laughs> yeah. yeah, okay. So that's the Robin show. On the, We've got to rate the American Robin on our... Yeah, I've got to give it five out of five. Paul's given a five chirps out of five. Yeah, it's the first one in the series. Wow, Okay. I'm going to give the robin three chirps out of five. Okay. Yeah, I do like the robin. I, no shade on the robin. I think it's a fine bird. Yeah. But it's just a little too common for me. This is one thing I've been thinking about. You really like the rarity in birds. Yeah. And I respect that. But I also think that the popularity, like 
this bird lives to be around 14 years old and is everywhere. It is a resilient bird. That's a good point. That is something to admire, I think. Or they're a pest. Yeah, or they're a pest, yeah. Like an invasive pest. Maybe, but look at how harmless it is. I mean, it, it leaves three eggs. You know, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's not like, you know, taking up all this space. I will say their eggs are remarkable. They're really stunning. And they're tiny. I'll try to get a photo of these uh, baby robins in the nest. They look like weird aliens. It's crazy. It's funny that it's blue and then they come out and they're orange. And actually thinking about it now, those are complementary colors. So maybe there's something to that. Like maybe the, maybe the inverse of blue is orange. So that's why they're orange. We don't know. We could have looked this up, but we aren't. That's not what we do on this show. I also wonder if there's even a correlation to that or if it just happens to be the... Like, Let's just say whatever we think and... <laughs> We're rewriting the history. People will write in and tell us how wrong we are about everything. I expect that. In fact, we've already gotten some by now. This the fifth show. Is it fun to be stupid? Like, I've been thinking about this. I don't know if people are going to be listening to this show to necessarily learn like hard facts about birds but i think it's just interesting to talk about and recognize the things but we don't need to be right all the time i believe we are in a post fact world so no one really wants to know what's true yeah they just want to hear what people think about things yeah so it's just our opinions about these birds yeah and that's why this show is yeah going to be one of the top shows it's the best bird pod follow us at best bird pod on twitter subscribe to the patreon and polly I'll see you tomorrow. I'll see you tomorrow. Do you hear that? Is hosted by Noah Kalina and Paul O'Mara. Edited and engineered by Paul. Music also by Paul. Noah last photographed a robin on June 14th, 2022. Follow us on Twitter at The Best Bird Pod and support the show on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash do you hear that episode art images sourced from the library of congress ambient bird sounds by noah kalina and additional bird sounds from macaulaylibrary.org 